Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 589, March 29th, 2021. 83 degrees was the high on this day, and that occurred in 1986. And it was five below in 1969, and I actually remember that. I can tell you why. It's not that interesting. White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1945 and again in 1981. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I had a car stored in my grandmother's garage. And for some reason, I remember going to get it, and it was five below on the day I went to fetch it. That's all I remember. Five below in 1969. I told you it wasn't a very gripping. That and many more tidbits available on the Garage Logic podcast this upcoming week. Right. Great story. Uh, Compelling and rich. Before opening statements began in the trial of Derek Chauvin, who Al Sharpton, I would imagine, on purpose mispronounces, he calls him Shaven, the the always available Al Sharpton urged Americans and people worldwide to join in a moment of remembrance for George Floyd. Sunday, Sharpton, while speaking at a vigil for Floyd in Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. called on people to join him along with members of the Floyd family as they take a knee ahead of court, uh, which they did this morning. Sharpton held a news conference with attorney Ben Crump at 8 a.m. ahead of the start of court after the news conference and before heading into the Hennepin County Courthouse. The group took a knee for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, the same amount of time Chauvin uh, knelt on George Floyd during his death. The uh, uh, Sharpton said it was also intended to show people how long 8 minutes and 46 seconds is. So it's underway. Opening statements are underway. The uh, the full cast of the usual suspects are in town, led by the always available uh, Al Sharpton. And uh, off we go here with uh, the whole world watching. And... Uh, I don't know, short of dragging Chauvin out of there and let a team of horses drag him down the street until he's a tattered nothing, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> he's, he's got no shot. There's no way that this is this is not reasonable. I'm not defending his behavior by any stretch of the imagination. I saw the video, and it's dreadful. But uh, I've never seen, and Peter Wold told us this, he's never seen anything like this before in his life. Will it be enough? Enough for what? Will, will he, if if he is convicted, will it be enough to uh, stifle uh, riots? Um, I, I think the I think the presumption on the part of the professional uh, in the race industry, of which Sharpton is a, almost a CEO, I, I think the presumption is that a guilty verdict must be had. Uh, finally, uh, police officers are not frequently found guilty. Uh, but I think the underlying current of this is that uh, Chauvin must be found guilty to to deliver what Sharpton and the race industry are calling uh, justice. And in their estimation, they have a case here where, to them, justice would be a guilty verdict for this fellow. 
Now, to answer your question, and he might very well be guilty. That's why you have trials. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, will it be enough to quell uh, and quiet uh, people? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, none of us know. None of us know the answer. You would or, think so. You would or think will so. the celebratory uh, parading around and, and mass uh, humanity in the streets turn into that, even though they're pleased with the result? Well, you're a month away from knowing that. We riot for uh, World Series victories. I, I can imagine that there would be a component of people who would take to the streets in a celebratory fashion that would result in chaos, mm -hmm. but we don't know any of that yet. Uh, yeah. We have no idea. I also wonder if if you have sides, if perhaps there'll be uh, people from both sides who might just want to get out on the streets and cause trouble, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. no matter what the out, no matter what the outcome of the trial is. I don't sense that Chauvin has a side. No. Do you, you guys? I just don't sense that the what the you, opposition. Well, I don't think he has fans, for God's sake. I mean. You know, George Floyd no. has become a cultural no. figure, and uh, I don't think Chauvin he doesn't have. He doesn't have a fan base, Joe. But I've heard and in, been involved in a lot of private discussions with people discussing what the Star Tribune brought up today, and that is the cause of death. Right, that's what the trials and, uh, about. Yeah, and uh, they did a piece on that. The, Cause of death uh, central to the prosecution. Right. That's that's why there's a trial. So good luck to everyone, and uh, <laughs> I, I hope I hope peace reigns following the uh, verdict. I, I can't imagine things will be peaceful if there's a not guilty verdict. Holy mackerel! I ha I've been sitting on this. I've been sitting on this. Does this have to? I'm sorry. Does this have to be unanimous? Or is it uh, uh, five four or uh, more than twelve? So there's, you know, can it be eight two or does it have to be twelve and all? I think it has to mm. be twelve and all. Mm. Otherwise, wouldn't. Well, John, would you look that up, please? Him right now as we speak. Yeah. And I think a hung jury would also spell bad for peace. Mm-hmm. Mm I've been sit here. It is. I got this email late last week from uh, Tim, who signs off, maybe moving to Timbuktu. Listening to you discuss why the George Floyd settlement may have been activated early, I didn't hear this distinct possibility. The city council, its lawyers, and possibly the attorney general wanted to get George's family the money early so Chauvin is found innocent, and my judge friends say it is a distinct possibility. Taxpayers and their complaints can no longer affect the monetary award or worse, demand no reward to be given. If Floyd died by his own volition, not Chauvin's knee, and several hundred million dollars of damage was done to the city for no reason, one would assume we'd have some angry citizens forming their own protests and demanding settlement be paid, but too late the Floyd family has been paid. 
Why would the city not want taxpayers to be involved in the settlement or complaining about it to the national media? A, a reduced settlement, or none at all, greatly diminishes the city council's social justice narrative, wokeness, and virtue signaling to a nationwide audience. B, no settlement, or a small one, means more damage to the city by irate Floyd rioters who have too much emotional capital invested in the man and their own hatred of police to back off. C, if Chauvin is found innocent and taxpayers are a civil court suit, rightfully insist that no award be given, it could further fractionate a city already divided along racial lines and could spark open clashes between the Floyd and no settlement money camps. D, lastly, the pessimist in me wonders if the lawyers, mayor, AG's office, or someone said, let's get you this money before the verdict is rendered to reduce your chances of a smaller settlement. And if we make that happen now, how about something for the effort? Quid pro quo. Politicians are not involved, so it's not as far-fetched as one might think. I think the early Floyd settlement wasn't some haphazard event. It was considered at length and carefully, and in the end, the city took the easy way, not the correct way out. Thanks, love the show, I'm a new meatloaf lover from Grunhofer's. <laughs> I think he has uh, uh, points that can't be uh, dismissed. Uh, and I've heard uh, very precious white people on uh, CNN say things like, geez, no one complained when a white woman, Justine, uh, what's her last name, help me. Damon. Yeah, uh, got twenty million, but everybody's up in arms that Floyd family got twenty-seven million. No, I have never heard that. I've never heard anybody complain about the amount. I've only heard people complain about the timing. Mm-hmm. timing I've never yeah. heard anyone yeah. complain about the amount. Would you the find jury Jeff? has to come to a, a jury has to come to a unanimous decision uh, on Chauvin. Uh, if you have, say, 11 people finding him guilty, one person holds out, uh, then you have a hung jury. If there's a hung jury, it's a mistrial. In that scenario, the defense would not be trying to convince the entire jury. Only one person, a mistrial, could get the charges dismissed, allow Chauvin to work out a plea bargain, or lead to another trial. So it has to be unanimous. Holy moly. Oh, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. As we came on the air... Uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director Rochelle Walensky went off script at a briefing today and made an emotional plea to Americans not to let up on public health measures amid fears of a fourth wave. I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom, Walensky said today, appearing to hold back tears. We do not have the luxury of inaction. For the health of our country, we must work together now to prevent a fourth surge. Let me stop right there. I've heard her many times, uh, including that uh, crazy interview she had with Jake Tapper, a dyed-in-the-wool CNN mysterian, and even Tapper was confounded by Walensky. I've never heard this woman give a straight answer to any question she's ever been asked. Never. The White House coronavirus response team is seeking to confront the current dichotomy in the U.S. in which immense optimism from the speed of the vaccine rollout must be balanced with continued restraint in moving forward with normalcy. The thing that's different this time is we actually have it in our power to be done with this scale of vaccination that will be so much slower if we have another surge to deal with as well, Walensky said. I'm I'm speaking today not necessarily as your CDC director, but as a wife, mother, a daughter, to ask you to please hold on a little while longer. I so badly want to be done. I know you all so badly want to be done. We are just almost there, but not quite yet. I, I really, uh, I don't know what to think anymore. 
I don't think we'll ever be there. I think there's too oh, many really? players in place that do not want us to be back to normal. That would be a, a, an admission that it's solved. And it's an unpredictable illness. It probably can never be solved. You know, we get the flu every year. Except this so, year. Uh, what, what's their definition of normal? That's a great point. What She said... You want to, uh, I want it badly, I know you want it badly to be done. What, what am I doing that she might frown upon? Uh, I can't think of anything. I've been vaccinated. The only thing, the only thing we're not doing out in the land of rocks and cows is, uh, are the only thing we are doing is wearing masks in stores that demand uh, it of us. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing we're doing. Otherwise, it's business as usual. I can any of you think of anything you're doing that Walensky might say uh, you should be holding back on? Yeah, everything. Personally, no. I, 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 I can't. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. Right. Yeah. That's why, because we're doing everything. I am but, not. You're not. No, no you, I, you I are. Do family if, gatherings. I do gatherings with friends. I don't wear a mask unless uh, the store demands it of me. Um, but you're and, not and being. It's, it's pretty much normal. But they're kind of, they're pretty much in your bubble. You're not going to Miami in the streets. Well, you're not uh, oh, right. sneezing. Correct. You're not saying, I'm not, I don't have to wear a mask if I'm, like you said, if they say wear a mask in the store, you wear it. So you're pretty much abiding, even though w- where you're living right now, they're not mask. And let's, 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 we never stopped friendly. family gatherings. We never did stopped I. them. Either did I. Yeah. Not, not for one minute. I think we, can, no. we canceled Thanksgiving, nope. had Christmas, nope, not us. Eve. We didn't. Mm. We well, we, I wasn't going to cancel Christmas. Uh, correct myself. Yeah, the place we <laughs> normally go for Thanksgiving canceled, um, but we had it anyway with a smaller gathering. But yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, even though a remarkable seventy-two percent of Americans sixty-five and older have received at least one dose of the vaccine. Millions of Americans, particularly younger Americans with underlying conditions, remain vulnerable. Walensky said she is speaking with governors tomorrow to address the rise in cases. We're pleading with people, even though we have an urge, particularly with the warm weather, to just cut loose, uh, Anthony Fauci said. We've got to hang in there longer, he said. I think the reason we're seeing this plateauing and the increase that I hope doesn't turn into a surge is because we are really doing things prematurely right now with regard to opening up. I don't know what would please this man. I've, I've res- I respect him. Uh, he's been an interesting cat, but uh, I, I, I have no idea what would uh, finally uh, allow him to say, I can't wait to go to a ball game and I'm going. I just don't know when that will be. And then today you get the tearful Rachel Walensky begging us to not, I, I don't know what she's begging me not to do because I'm already not doing what she doesn't want me to do. <laughs> huh? huh? <laughs> she, she wants you to stay afraid, Joe. Stay afraid. Uh, well, but I'm not afraid. I, I, I've had a healthy respect for this illness. I feel terrible for the people who are suffering. I feel terrible for the people who are called long haulers. I, I think it's dreadful, uh, but I, this country, again, we've said this many times, we have never behaved this way, ever, ever. And it looks like we're going to have to continue behaving in a way that we've never behaved before as a country. 
because you've got the top authorities in the land telling us, uh, don't, just because it's sunny and 70, don't get your hopes up. Well, hopes up for what? I'm going to go for a walk anyway. Right. What, what do you want me to do? Larry writes, hail the flashlight king. I thought you were taking a call for a moment. Hail <laughs> you. you. <laughs> He's from Alexandria. He said, I was listening to the show and the Sam Ro- and Sam Rockwell said to travel less. He's the guy who uh, wants us to get out of our cars or get into electric cars. Well, on Saturday, I left Alexandria and went to Forest Lake and bought a Bentelli e-bike. While <laughs> Tim and the crew put a speedometer on the bike, I went off and did other errands. And he will be heard from again in this show because this guy's no dummy. He went off on other uh, errands while Tim at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake optimized his bike with a speedometer and what have you. I'm sure he was well taken care of. Uh, EcoFun has the Bentelli e-bikes, the gas scooters that turn every errand, every urban errand into an adventure. They've got a full line of Yamaha products. They've got great youth recreational equipment. They've got helmets, apparel, and a great service department. Uh, but most principally, they are really considered experts on the Bentelli e-bikes and electric assist bikes of, of different brands and all different styles and tire sizes and frame sizes. And they will make sure you leave EcoFun Motorsports, as Larry did from uh, Alexandria, with the right Bentelli e-bike. And he got that little hot rod speedometer on there. Nice. I think that's a nice, that's a nice touch. But uh, Larry will be heard from again uh, later in the show because he, uh, he, he knew where he was. He was on Highway 61, right? Right. Right in mm. downtown Forest Lake. That is the home of EcoFun Motorsports. What do you want from me here, Matthew? Love that. I love that. It better be sound. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. And can I, I <laughs> want to answer my question. Well, I am. I want to hear about Seafoam. <laughs> A wonderful product in a world of bad gas, Kenny. So much so, Matthew, that a friend of mine now has cans of sea foam stashed everywhere around his place that he stores cylinders. <laughs> uh, I, I could recite yet another sea foam work story here because I have a lot of them. But I want to tell you today at least about my buddy. He's got cans in, this sl- uh, in the shed that has the sleds and the outboards. He's got cans where the speedboats, pontoon, tractor, the mowers are. Bunch of cans of high-mileage SUV treatment in the garage for his vehicles. Then, of course, he's got a treasure trove in his shop, the deep, creep, penetrating lube, the the supply of top engine cleaner and lube. And Oh, and he even has a couple of cans of uh, tranny lube, trans lube. Uh, I I mean, no, no, not not me. I mean, he keeps a bunch on hand (laughs) because uh, friends and family who think he's a seafoam dealer – and he'll give it away for free. He really needs to stop supplying his friends and family with free cans when it's so easy to find. You can find it at a gas station, at a convenience store, at a NAC hardware and lounge near you, at the mayor's headquarters, in the boathouse, overlooking Spoon Lake, motorcycle shops, sled shops, Tom Jewell's shop. Uh, I'm just waiting to hear from a bakery that also sells seafoam. It really wouldn't surprise me at all. You can find seafoam worldwide, so stop stealing it from your pal who may or may not be named Kenny. Seafoam is more valuable than friends and family. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. Joe told us why. It's a marvelous product in a world of bad gas. It's Seafoam. You guys you guys have really got me thinking. 
a lot of GLers wanted me to uh, address this uh, dreadful development with some rapper named Lil Nas. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. Uh, He sounds like a nutcase. Uh, But he's got some new satanic (laughs) worship video out, and along with it, he's selling shoes. I don't know if he's selling them or a company selling them. But what's interesting (laughs) is Nike's trying to run away from this as fast as possible. A company called MSCHF, which I went and looked them up. They, I don't know, they're ten guys and a girl. They work in a CD warehouse and they invent stuff out of whole cloth. Uh, I don't know who stands to benefit from the shoes, but they buy. They bought six hundred and sixty-six. Of course, that's the devil's number six 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 of Nike sure. Airs, and then they modified them to put human blood in the sole and in the whole deal. Clever. <laughs> so you got the devil shoe with blood in the sole. Yeah, and they're selling them for yeah, one thousand eighteen dollars, and and uh, wow. And I was prepared to uh, mount an attack on Nike today. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, has already tweeted out that he's disappointed in Nike. Well, it turns out Nike has nothing to do with this. Nike has issued statement after right. statement, running away from this as fast as they can. And and with justifiably so, uh, Nike does not wish to be associated with this devil worshiper. So, again, this this a company independent of Nike bought the shoes and then you know went into their workshop or whatever the hell they do and took them apart and Little turned elves. them into devil shoes. Yeah, turned them into devil shoes. And and so they put them on the hoist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Took them apart. I see Santa's workshop Prefab. being uh, rented out during the summer yeah. months for this. Uh, during the off season. Yeah, you got everything there already. Does is there a big <laughs> nas? I don't know. This is little nas. Okay, this is little. Okay. No, I think it's, it's little. It's an little. little. It's little nas x. Don't forget oh, the x for the x. Yeah. Oh, yeah. little little nas x. Boy, I'm not and if you're ups. If you're upset about this and, uh, you're, you know, this, this is the final straw for you and the world's coming to an end and this is a sign of the apocalypse, uh, you bit hard on that hook. Now you're swimming away. <laughs> you're about to get reeled in and flop around on the boat. This oh. is just another publicity ploy and you are falling for it. Well, right, but what, what, G- I was going to offer advice on pushback, but my advice no longer has any meaning. My pushback was going to be, if you're upset about this, you make sure you tell the manager at your shoe store that you're never buying a pair of Nikes again. That would be the pushback. But again, then further reading tells me Nike had nothing to do with it. So that's that's not the way you push back. That's not the way you push. Nike had nothing to do with it. So I'm not going to... uh, Your pushback in this case, Joe, is... Don't know, don't care. No, <laughs> there you go. And then, right and then you're right, you're right, you're right. It, just ignore this fruitcake. There's no reason you to know, publicize and it. And I'll say the same about, I'll say the same about Cardi B, you know. Yeah. If you're upset about Cardi B, I, I, I have to ask you, how's it feel to have that hook embedded in your cheek? <laughs> I, I didn't like when she licked the donut, though. That was, I have a problem with that. <laughs> I don't care about her political Bring views. Bring a bucket and a mop. I think uh, your pushback, Joe, is not to buy the new Little Nas X's CD. So don't I'm not buy going that. To. Okay. I'm not okay. going to. Yeah. Or the thousand dollar blood shoes. No, they got. They yeah. got. Those are like devil shoes. I'm not buying. Devil when you, shoes. When you walk next time you're in cheapo and you hear the click, click, click of CDs, just bypass Little Nas X. Yeah. And and don't. Yeah. I believe oh, I read he has the number one record in America right now. Well, What's the songs? My uh, devil shoes? I, 
No, this is a different. My song. blue suede devil shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I don't think that's the song. Well, you brought up a good point. I mean, this is this the 2020 version, 21, 21. Yeah, version of uh, Elvis's wiggling hips. That yeah, did start it all, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> except, except my mother, who was. Uh, I don't uh, puritanical isn't the word, but uh, a staunch. Oh, what's the word I want? What's the word I want? Mm-hmm. She went uh, beyond being a staunch Catholic. She she devout. Yeah, she's very devout. She had no trouble letting me watch uh, Elvis's debut on Ed Sullivan. But today's mother. I would hope would not let their eight-year-old or seven-year-old watch this maniac if he comes on TV. I think there's a big shake difference. Him. Doesn't he take like an elevator to hell and shake hands with the devil? Or yeah, he gives the la- devil like a lap dance. You know, you know he's sitting at the table with his friends, and they're just, let's just see how well, crazy, outrageous we can be. You know, it's yeah. the same thing that was said when Cardi B was re- recording right. this song. Let's see how over the top we can be. Uh, aside from making a bunch of money, is this any different than Highway to Hell by ACDC? I, I, right. I, you know, I, I don't know. Pretty John, I don't sentiment. know either anymore. I don't same know Same sentiment. My, my forbidden was, fruit was uh, Charlie's was, Angels. I was not allowed oh, to Charlie's watch Charlie's Angels. Angels. Yeah. And don't forget, Knights in Satan's Service. Kiss. Kiss, yes. I remember that well. And my mom was very upset when she heard me singing along with Highway to Hell. Well, where's Tipper Gore when you need her? Burn that record. Burn it. I have a a little story. I have a little story, and it it doesn't have a shelf life, so it's not going to wait until Reavers gets back. So I'm going to tell it now. Did you guys get the picture of Reavers uh, standing on the corner of Winslow, Arizona? I did. As, as millions and millions of other people have, including me. And uh, I urged him to uh, go to a hotel in Winslow. It's called La Posada. Absolutely elegant, beautiful. And the, and the town has spent some dough trying to bring the hotel back. And it's right on the railroad line. And what happened was, uh, back in the day when, you know, the 1930s version of hedge fund managers or celebrities or whatever went from the East Coast to the West Coast and vice versa, they took railroad cars, obviously, because that was the only way to do it. And these hotels were stationed along the line. They were really great hotels. And in Winslow, it was La Posada. And the women who worked the train were called Harvey girls. And uh, they were hired by a guy named Fred Harvey. And what they would do is they'd get to town and they would they would morph from being what would have been a called a stewardess. We can't say that word anymore, of right, course. Right. On the train to uh, working the hotel dining room. So these these uh, train travelers got to know them and, and had uh, excellent service and what have you. But what, what also happened is that the cowboys would come to town on Saturday night and, and take their shower, their weekly shower, and then stand on the corner <laughs> hoping to get noticed by a Harvey girl. They were not promiscuous women. They had to pass rigorous background checks. They had to have an eighth grade education. They wore black and white uniforms. But the guy, the, you know, the, the hayseeds would come to town and get all slicked up and hope that a Harvey girl would take note. Well, that's, that's, now it's hard for me to credit Jackson Brown with digging that deep into the history of Winslow, Arizona, but that's almost reminiscent of the line, 
uh, standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona, such a fine sight to see there's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford slowing down to have a look at me. And that, that was, that could be applicable to the, to the cowboys who came to town and stood around hoping to get lucky. That's my sure. story. Could be. And That's... now you know the rest of the story. Paul Harvey, News and Comment, brought to you by Jiffy Time Popcorn. Well, so I had funny, uh, Joe. I had awesome. lunch at La Posada. <laughs> what did uh, you have? Oh, they custom made me a BLT and it was fantastic. Oh, okay. But but you could see from the elegant dining room, you could there was a lawn and then the and then the rail line. And you can imagine back in the day it was very festive when the train pulled up and then the Harvey girls quickly became uh, workers in the hotel and and uh, what are you seeing when the you, train uh, pulls up when you, what are you seeing when the train pulls up uh, cartoon bubble I'm not in your head I, that I big can't. train's coming around the bend what are you seeing steam yes yeah, yeah. billowing black steam. locomotive yes yeah, and yeah. it's chugging so, all the way uh, yeah, yeah. when and you the, were there Such, did you hook up with a Harvey girl yeah did you find no, one how'd that go. No. No, so I tell Reavers all no. this only to discover that, hey, uh, I'm already gone from there. I, that was last night I took that picture. So I said, never mind. Yeah. So yeah, he just passed. He, he never yeah. saw La Posada. Yeah. He, he called me uh, that evening, that Saturday evening, at about 9 o'clock and said, hey, tell me what the corner is where they wrote the song about in Winslow. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to look it up because I had no idea. He wanted to know where to go. So well, it's it's Joe, a block I, I, of just tchotchke, you know, postcards and keychains. Sure. Probably, uh, I don't know if now would be a good time or maybe uh, off the air might be a better time to remind you that uh, this is probably the fourth time you've told this story on the air. Really? <laughs> I, I found it quite interesting. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, John. I must have missed those days. Yeah. Thank you. I don't think fact, so. Okay. I like to remind him quarterly. <laughs> just to tell the Winslow story. I might have told it. I might have told it four years ago upon returning from that area. Car show, if I remember. But, right. That's Car right. Show. That's right. But I like to remind him and and mix up the facts. And now, so the bus pulls up for the Cowboys. And what did the bus park? You know. And the song yeah. play. The song "Take It Easy" plays on a loop downtown, and it's just uh, somebody. Somebody's making a fortune. That is a great line, though. I will admit that. And then somebody tweeted, because we uh, had some fun with Twitter on this, too. And somebody tweeted, hey, you could see a girl in a Ford in the reflection in the glass. And it's, yeah. Oh, really, sport? Yeah. Good catch Thanks there, for pointing Fred. that Good out, catch. cowboy. <laughs> I would have missed it if it weren't for you. <laughs> uh, frequent contributor Downing notes on Thursday's podcast, you and the boys were having a laugh about how media panic about how media panic about the coming ice age was changed to global warming because red is more frightening than blue. That's no joke. The liberal media not only set the agenda, they defined the terms of the debate. Why do you think that all of a sudden it was decided Republicans are red and Democrats are blue? Republicans are bad, so they are red. The color of anger, blood, war, festering wounds. When someone sees red, it's not a good thing. Democrats are good, so they are blue, the color of clear skies, clean water, and if someone is true blue, that's really a good thing. If someone had asked me to assign these two colors to the two major parties in a way that made logical sense, I would have found it simple. Dems are red. It's obvious why. They are leftists. Their opponents disparage them as commies. Republicans are blue. They are blue bloods. Their opponents disparage them as old money, the establishment, aristocrats, those born with a silver spoon in their mouths, the one percenters. Doing it that way gives the needle to both parties. But that's not the way they did it, is it? Hmm. No, it isn't the way they did it. It is not the way they did it. I told you that uh, 
my guy in uh, Alexandria was going to return to the show. Well, he uh, it, that's Larry, who bought a... He went to Equifund on Saturday and got a Bintelli e-bike, and as they were uh, putting a speedometer on it, he went down the road to Grunhofer's. Nice. And he stocked up on the Minnesota meatloaf and brats. Uh, then they went back home on Sunday and saw their saw their uh, granddaughter. I'm thinking I need to order some chill boys to compete the trifecta. Then this guy, uh, who's this? Jared writes, made the 337-mile round trip to Grunhofer's wow. for the first time Sunday. Let me tell you, it didn't disappoint. Filling my basket with only six meatloafs and two packages of rookie burgers. I somehow narrowed down the rest of my trip with six different kinds of brats, beautiful-looking steak, smoked salmon, thick-cut bacon, and, of course, a double-smoked ham for Easter weekend. The staff was amazing and knew right away when I was checking out that I was a GLer. He said the meatloaf and the rookie burgers were a dead giveaway. He thanked my father and I for making the trip to support them, and I thanked them for supporting the show. It's too bad that a, of our out of our two coolers full, the sweet and uh, beet, sweet and heat jerky and the beef sticks never stood a chance of making it the 150 miles home. Mm-hmm. They were delicious. We will be making a regular visit back to the Grundhoffers as often as possible. Uh, uh, need I say more? That's, need I say more? No, this is your week to get your Easter ham at Grundhoffers. It's right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo, and uh, they're discovering it now for miles and miles around. And there still is that talk. We have no, we have no specifics, but there still is that talk of an additional Grunhofer's location. Uh, we will tell you more when we know it. But there are two testimonials right there. Uh, they came down, and they'll be making a return trip. And you have this week to get your double-smoked Easter ham at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels somewhat fine. It's Joe Suchere. Rook, remember the old days when we were on AM uh, radio? And by the way, it's the uh, anniversary today of AM 1500. Hey, 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 uh, you're stepping on me, man. Whoa. All the way oh. from South Africa, we're going to have that note. Oh, oh, oh. sorry about that. Uh, anyway, Rook, remember the old days where every single ad of yours would start out uh, denoting the time of year it was? Remember that? And hey, how it's springtime. Now it's time yeah. to get your lawn ready. Right. Hey, it's winter right. time. If you're looking for a snowblower, <laughs> right. as if you didn't every, know it was winter time. Every ad you did. Well, I'm going to steal that, Rook, okay. because it's officially cigar season here in Minnesota. I didn't check my calendar. And uh, I don't care if you're fishing, golfing, sitting sitting around the backyard fire, hanging out in the garage. There's nothing better than a good cigar and Sodi's cigar and pipe and still water. That's the place to stock up. Go to Sodi's to buy all your cigars. and You're going to find once you walk in, it's more than just a purchase. It is an experience. It's a beautiful shop, a huge humidor stocked with a wide variety of cigars. But the best part, at least for my money, the smoking lounge. It's nicely separated from the purchase area. Uh, it's got a state-of-the-art ventilation system, so you're not going to uh, go in, smoke a cigar, and then walk out of there and carry that smell home to where the bride will know what you've been up to. Uh, the guys at Sodi Cigar and Pipe, they have the knowledge to help you pick out exactly what's right for you, 
even if you're brand new at this or you just want something like, say, for a, a bachelor party or a wedding, whatever. Uh, but if you are more experienced in that case, look into joining the club, the Sodi Club, a special membership where you receive a personal cigar locker in the store and a 15% discount on all store merchandise. Ooh. And we've got a big event coming uh, this Thursday. Join the crew at Sodi's for their second anniversary event. Great deals, awesome giveaways, 3 to 7. It's this Thursday, April 1st. No fooling. They're located right off Highway 36 and Osgood uh, in Stillwater. It's the, it's actually, if uh, I'm driving, it's the last light before you head over the bridge. Hang a right on Osgood, and you'll see them right there on your right. Uh, you can also find them at SodiesCigars.com. And when you stroll in, please, please tell them. That the rookie sent you. Yes, and remind them that it's cigar season. It is cigar season. Thank you, Matt. Yes. A Republican Minnesota state, let me stop. We're, we're debating, did I mention on the air or off the air, that the ever given, the ship stuck in the Suez Canal is now floating and free and traffic will resume. And I, what I'm desperately hoping for is that, that there will be a documentary about that. Uh, on the Discovery Channel or National Geographic or something, I would just love, I would love to watch an hour of the uh, of a documentary on the efforts to free that big tub. Hell, I think make it two hours. Two hours. I'd watch all two hours. <laughs> Glued to the set. I really yeah. would. You got a color yeah. set at home? <laughs> you know, it's a ray of hope. There, humans can do, still do stuff. Yeah, they got some experts in there, man, that figured out how to free that boat, and they waited yep. for a supermoon and the tide to help them. It was just—it's just a hell of a story. You're saying it's—it's it's, it's neat story. that we can figure stuff out. Stuff gets figured out. I saw a YouTube video of uh, asking toddlers how to get the boat out, and it was hilarious. Their responses were just, you know, get a big crane and lift it up. <laughs> Or you know, pour some water on it and flood it out. It was it was it was cute. Honest to God, I, I paid attention to the whole story. I I've read everything I can about it. I've seen the satellite photos, and you're watching a YouTube video <laughs> of toddlers asking about. It. Are you out of your bleeping mind? Just take a big queen and whiff whiff it up and put it onto water. <laughs> It was stuff like that. Honest to God. Your brain is just dead. It's dead. If a million people... Your brain is dead to me. If a million people would grab a rope, we could pull it out of the sand and get it into the water. And then a big giant will come and he will move the boat. That was my research. That was all my research was limited to. At some point, were you exposed to a lot of airplane glue for a long period of time? Or lead? Maybe lead. Did you eat a lot of windowsills? Yeah, the uh, the the pink paint tasted like the red paint yeah. with those chips. <laughs> a Republican Minnesota state representative is introducing legislation that would create a pathway for Minnesota counties to cede from Minnesota and join South Dakota. Woo-hoo. Representative Jerry Munson, a Republican from Crystal Lake, introduced the bill last week and tweeted out an image of his vision, which depicted nearly every county west of the Twin Cities metro as part of a newly imagined uh, South Dakota. Minnesota becomes more politically polarized every year, and the metro politicians have shown us that rural Minnesotans are no longer represented in St. Paul. It's time to leave. Here, here. Here, here. The idea echoes a similar push among rural Oregon counties to join Idaho. 
Republican South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem appeared to be in support of Munson's idea. In South Dakota, we roll out the red carpet for people who love personal responsibility and freedom. Oh, yeah, let's go. The only problem is I'm going to be stuck here because Ramsey and Washington aren't part of the plant. (laughs) In July, Noem appeared in an ad attempting to persuade Minnesota businesses into relocating to South Dakota by promoting its looser COVID-19 restrictions. While it is unlikely Munson's bill will receive enough support from his peers, if it does pass, here's how the bill outlines the process of seceding. Under the bill, a Minnesota county would be able to apply to U.S. Congress for an amendment to the boundaries of Minnesota. The state would have to recognize the application as valid with a two-thirds vote from the county board, which would then need to be ratified by a two-thirds vote on the county ballot at the next state general election. U.S. Congress would then need to approve the county's request to leave Minnesota by getting approval from two-thirds of members in both the House and Senate. Finally, the item would need the support from two-thirds of voters at the next occurring state general election. In other words, it isn't going to happen, but it's, uh, I, I admire the guy for, uh, for uh, floating the idea. Mm-hmm. But if you see the map he drew, uh, all that's left basically is the metro area. Everything else goes to South Dakota. <laughs> Everything goes to South Dakota. I, I don't want to be called. I, I like everything about it, but I don't want to be called South Dakota. Um, I'm thinking the the what is it a seven county metro area now? You guys should secede, and we you could be lesser Minnesota, and the rest of us could be greater Minnesota. We'd get our own capital somewhere in uh, some small town less than a thousand people, and it'd be wonderful. I said last mm-hmm. week. It sure would be interesting to know how many of our legislators and our local officials are native Minnesotans. I think the numbers would be surprising. I, I can't count on any staff to do that. They don't do any work. So I, I will do that. It doesn't Holy Week sound really interesting to me. Pressing. I do not share your interest. Holy in Thursday, you got dinner. Good Friday, which somebody made it great last year. Yeah. Uh, Saturday is kind of limbo. And then you got the big hurrah. Yeah, I'm doing yard work, cutting trees down. What is what is today? Holy Monday? Is it called Holy Monday? I think Monday we're still kind of idle. You know, we know what's going on. Uh, he was welcomed with the palms, and now he's kind of feeling a little a little rush. Still a little nervous about the end of the week, but he's feeling a little rush. And they're he's low key Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> little nervous. Yeah, at the end of the right. Week. He knows what's coming, and it's well, he and it is sad. He, he, he was. He was human. I mean, telling his guys, was he, uh, was he human? You know, my dad's making me do this, guys, and I'm not that happy about right, it. Right, right. <laughs> Pass the <Wow>. cup, <laughs> guys. Oh, no, one of our favorite. No, one of our favoring on blasphemy. No, one of our favorite bits ever was uh, the chalice that they found. Um, Somebody found, they thought it was Peter's chalice or the chalice that he had at the Last Supper. And it was all bejeweled up. Yeah. And our debate was, would it have been, you know... Bejeweled? Yeah. No, no of course been. not. No, no, it would have been a commoner's cup. Very right. modest. A carpenter's son cup. Yeah, yep. very yep. modest. Yep. On, uh, on Holy Monday, Jesus cursed the fig tree, cleansed the temple, and responded to questioning of his authority. Oh. So there you go. That's our what he did on Monday. I wonder why you. What's wrong with figs? Uh, the cursing They're of the gross. fig tree is an incident in the Gospels uh, as a miracle in connection with the entry into Jerusalem. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's all I can mm-hmm. find Stupid fig tree, I hate you. You're dumb, stupid fig tree. <laughs> Again, blasphemy. No. Yeah, that. that that's, no, no, that wasn't the. That's, dressing that's for, down a fig you know tree what? is not blasphemy. 
what I judge as blasphemy is what would Joe's mom think? And I know she wouldn't like any of this talk from either one of you two. Yeah, no, probably. we've been dressed down. I've been dressed down many times by the late, great St. Yeah. Mary Helen. Yeah. Smoking her Benson and Hedges. Oh, I love teasing her about that. I love teasing her about that. That's why she didn't really like me. She put up with me, but she's like, that stupid kid with the mocking my that smoking. That must have been fun, Such, to be raised by her telling you you're going to hell between long drags of the B and H. Yeah. 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 And as she says that, you're going straight to hell. She's got the smoke is coming out of her It's pouring out of her mouth. Out of her yes, mouth. Exactly. That's so awesome. What a cool under, under pain of mortal sin, don't you dare go near that lake. And then we'd look to see where her car was gone and then hop out there on the oh, ice floor. Yeah. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> See, I hope you got to uh, I hope you got to Schmel's Countryside over the weekend to take advantage of that Volkswagen SUV sign and drive event. Schmel's Countryside is my dealership. They're a multi generational family. They don't own forty stores. They put their whole heart and soul into this one, and they have at this location for way more than sixty years a southeast quadrant of Highway thirty six and sixty one in Maplewood. And right now, through March, take advantage of the Volkswagen Sign and Drive SUV event. 0% interest for 72 months on all SUVs. 0% interest for 72 months on all SUVs. Also, this month and April, there's a great special tire event. Pay for three tires and get one free, which you should because you need four. You know, when you put three on the car, yeah. you got to have another one. Four is better. They're giving Smoother you Smoother ride. <laughs> and that applies to most, most uh, makes, models, and sizes. You're right. It's a much smoother ride with four new tires as opposed to three new tires. That way you get down the road. You don't look like one of those dogs that was, was hit by a car and they kind of walk sideways. When you got all four tires on the car, you're, you're much better off. It's 10 minutes from uh, Minneapolis east, of course, five minutes north of St. Paul. And, uh, a great inventory lineup at SchmelzVW.com. And right now, that's a great sign-and-drive SUV event. 0% interest for 72 months on all SUVs at Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen Alfa Romeo and Fiat in Maplewood. Like his, he likes his bumper music, smooth and jazzy. He's Joe Souchere. For, for a beautiful lawn all season long, click on professionalturf.com. And I don't care if you're raising boys, girls, baseball players, ballerinas, or dogs named Larry. You're going to see amazing results. Front yard, backyard, I don't care. Far and beyond the results you'd see with some other company because... ProfessionalTurf.com is the metro leader in thick, luscious lawns, and they're doing business the old-fashioned way. They used to the way they used to do it in old Joe Souchere's day: in-person estimates, agreed-upon goals, and long-term, seriously knowledgeable employees. No cold calls here. No upsells. Just Look at the green. TV. <laughs> Kenny, I'm trying to get your attention. I have a, a question for ProTurf because you might know the answer to. Well, just you, feel you've free got, to interrupt me any I'm going time. To. I mean, I'm I don't going care. To. Middle of a word. Go ahead and interrupt me. <laughs> well, do they use products that other people do not have access to? I'm, this is a serious and, question because you guys and, swear by their results. Yes. 
And I am looking at the TV right now. There's a motocross race on. <laughs> yeah, I think he meant the monitor. The uh, which is more interesting monitor. than your question, to be uh, <laughs> truthful. I think it's a pretty uh, interesting. Whatever question. mixture they have, they have. I'm sure it's the secret recipe that they're not giving out. That's what I want to know. And uh, it it's works. Not so secret, fellas. It's on the uh, contract you signed. But go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's. <laughs> I can. Oops. I can Hollywood. I know what your worry is, Such. Your worry is that they charge so little that you're worried you're not going to get results. <laughs> Trust me. That's not my concern. That's not oh. my concern at all. Oh. Well, you could have you could have agreed and helped him gro- out greatly with that ad there by saying, oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, ProTurf, ProfessionalTurf.com. Here's the deal. Everybody now on the show, well, except me, has signed up for them. But I had them for a good 20 years. And worrying about my lawn, it just it was non-existent. I never saw a weed in all the years that I was with ProTurf. And I won the yearly unofficial contest of having the best yard on the block. And if it's good enough for Joe Suchere, it's good enough for the rest of us. ProfessionalTurf.com. Hmm. Here is John Height. Do they have to pay for that ad that we just did? Oh, they oh no, it's a hell of an ad. <laughs> Dave loves, uh, Dave loves uh, every word. Can you imagine us sabotaging him like that? Wow. <laughs> you do all the time. <laughs> that is correct. We do all the time. Well, that's true. I guess we've made a living yeah. out of yeah. it. You're yes. right, uh, this update is brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. <laughs> Opening statements got underway this morning, Monday, in the trial of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer charged in the death of George Floyd. Chauvin faces one count each of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in connection to Floyd's May 25th death. All 15 jurors chosen showed up, so one was released from duty. There are 12 jurors and two alternates. The trial expected to take a month to five weeks. Last night, there was a prayer and rally at Greater Friendship Missionary Baptist Church to honor George Floyd. Among those at the well-attended service, the Reverend L. Sharpton, Floyd family attorney Benjamin Crump, and members of the Floyd family. Governor Walls gave his State of the State address Sunday, highlighting Minnesota's return to normalcy after a year enduring the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Walls delivered the speech from Mankato West High School, where he taught social studies for nearly a decade. The address originally scheduled for March 21st, but the governor pushed it back a week after he was forced into quarantine when he came into contact with a staffer who tested positive for COVID-19. Unsurprisingly, a large portion of the address focused on Minnesota's pandemic response. Other topics the governor spoke about included the economy and the Chauvin trial. From the Star Tribune, for nearly three years, the Minnesota Department of Human Services doled out tens of millions of dollars in grants for mental health and substance abuse prevention services without providing any adequate oversight over the grant-making process. All of this according to a state legislative auditor report that was released this morning. The audit by the state's top internal watchdog found extensive mismanagement and violations of state legal requirements. The 56-page report by the Office of the Auditor, a nonpartisan arm of the legislature, concluded that the Behavioral Health Division's grant-making process failed to comply with what they called a significant number of state policy and legal requirements and did not ensure that employees had the skills, knowledge, and training to manage grants. The agency is still trying to recover from revelations nearly 18 months ago that it made more than $100 million in unauthorized Medicaid payments to Indian tribes and counties for substance use treatment services. 
2019 review, earlier review by the legislative auditor, found what they called troubling dysfunction at DHS. This morning, salvage teams set free that large container ship that had halted global trade through the Suez Canal, bringing to an end a crisis that for nearly a week had clogged one of the world's most vital maritime arteries. Helped by the peak of high tide, a flotilla of tugboats managed to wrench the bow of the skyscraper-sized Ever Given from the canal's sandy bank, where it had been firmly lodged since last Tuesday after hauling the fully laden 220,000-ton vessel over the canal bank, the salvage team was pulling the vessel toward the Great Bitter Lake, a wide stretch of water halfway between the north and south end of the canal, where the ship will undergo technical inspection, according to canal authorities. Do you know why, John? I don't. I, and I didn't learn this watching YouTube videos of toddlers. Because a big sea monster came and pushed it out into the canal so it would go through. Those ships are designed to sustain that weight only while underway. The longer a ship uh, sits with that load uh, not moving, the hull begins to sag. And so that's what's, that's their next problem is they have to check out the credibility of the, or the seaworthiness of that hull because it, it was, you know, it took one, it was for one week. It hadn't moved fully Uh, loaded. Until everybody in hell decided to get on their backs (laughs) and then push up with their feet so it wouldn't sag anymore. Like I just have to say that sounds like a load of BS there, Captain Ahab. I, I, I don't know if I can buy that. Well, look it up. That boat has a draw of either 47 feet or 87 feet. I can't remember which number. Yeah, what's the draw? <laughs> well, what is the draw? The drawing is a big picture of the giant that was shaking hands with the ship. Shut up. <laughs> ding, ding. Here comes the bleep ship. Don't God. save me. You see, the, uh, the Internet had a lot of fun with the fact that one of the ships trapped behind it, not trapped, but that couldn't get through, it was carrying 20 containers of adult sex toys, and that could be a shortage. So, Is it like yeah. the uh, the rep- Jeff Creeley report when everything was swinging up? <laughs> there were there were male and female uh, toys. 20 so containers? Go. 20 containers full. Shipping containers full. Correct. Yes. How can that many even exist in the going whole where? world? <laughs> going where? Who's buying? Are we buying? Is America yeah. buying? They're going over there yeah. to St. Paul. Uh, you, you can get one. <laughs> Suspected Russian hackers gained access to email accounts belonging to the Trump administration's head of the Department of Homeland Security and members of the department's cybersecurity staff, whose jobs included hunting threats from foreign countries. The intelligence value of the hacking of then-acting Secretary Chad Wolf and his staff is not publicly known. Their accounts were accessed as part of what's known as the solar winds intrusion. It throws into question how the U.S. government can protect individuals, companies, and institutions across the country if it can't protect itself, according to the experts. The short answer to those experts, federal officials, is that at the moment it can't, at least not without some significant changes. A joint World Health Organization and China study, China was part of the study, on the origins of the COVID-19 says that transmission of the virus from bats to humans through another animal is the most likely scenario and that a lab leak is extremely unlikely, according to a draft copy obtained by the Associated Press. The findings offer little new insight, though, into how the virus first emerged and leaves a lot of questions unanswered. But the report does provide more detail on the reasoning behind the researchers' conclusions. The team proposing further research in every area except the lab leak 
hypothesis. Uh, and I'm mm. guessing you personally, you buy that word for word, knowing you. Are you talking to me? Yeah, you. I, I think uh, it's a still an open question. I, 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 I don't buy that, no. Of course it was a lab leak. Give me a break. Okay, just, Mr. Just, it was anything other. Right. Oh, One bullet, John. the magic bullet, uh, oh, broke through a window and, and <laughs> broke out all the uh, badness that's still Meanwhile. bouncing around. <laughs> what? The magic Meanwhile, bullet. Yeah, I, I it's got still you. bouncing around, broke a window, all the vapors anyway. came out, and it started. Anyway. And anyway, the U.S. death toll from the COVID-19 nearing 550,000 on Monday, a day after the coordinator of the White House task force under former President Trump said most of those fatalities, uh, fatalities could have been avoided if the administration had acted quickly and decisively. Dr. Deborah Burks told CNN there was no excuse for excessive deaths. Burke was among six top health officials who, assure, who assessed the U.S. response to COVID-19 in a CNN documentary called COVID, War the Pandemic, Doctors Speak Out, that aired last night. Burke said the Trump administration oh. acted too slowly then failed to quickly learn lessons as the first wave of infections hit last spring and that stronger social distancing guidelines and shutdown regulations could have made a major difference. Uh, she said the majority of the people in the Trump White House didn't take it seriously. Why wouldn't she say something then is what I don't get. If, well, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is they didn't know what they were dealing with yet. I don't have to. I'm not trying to defend the administration. But no, yeah. I am. You know, he's a convenient scapegoat, and this just continues to go on and on and on. And wasn't he, wasn't he responsible for fast-tracking the creation of the, uh, the vaccine? Well, he shut I down the travel to China. He shut down travel uh, from, yeah, China and other countries, much to the Democrats' dismay. Give me a break. Shut up. Just shut up. You're such an apologist, Norm Kenny. I'm not <laughs> apologizing. I'm telling you, he was right. Mega it's Kenny. Not an apology. <laughs> a new study <laughs> reveals less than one. He's totally lawsuit. He is not. Yeah, he's, I don't know. I am, I am just. Stuff. I'm ship consumed stuff, right? with getting the correct draw of this ship. Yeah, he's, he's doing the. Yeah. He's doing because none stuff. of you idiots would do it. So I don't even know what it means. A fun afternoon for What's you. What's the draw mean? How much, How water much of the displaces? ship is below waterline? How much of oh. the ship is below the waterline? I didn't know that. There, learned something new today. Mm-hmm. A new study reveals less than one in ten people actually feel fully rested after sleeping. A survey of two thousand hmm. respondents finds that on average, Americans only get five hours of sleep every night. More than six in ten people cannot remember the last time they say they felt truly well-rested. Just over one in five say they can never get enough sleep, while 79% are satisfied with sleep. Americans who say they don't get enough sleep are likely to be more introverted and blame stress for keeping them awake at night. They're also more particular about falling asleep only if they're in the right conditions and would give, even give up an hour of morning productivity if it meant they could get more sleep. All of this was commissioned by LifeAid and conducted by one poll. It also reveals 69% of Americans wish a lack of sleep was taken more seriously than it currently is by society. 47 feet, 7 inches below the waterline. Wow. Jeez. And only a single propeller on that boat. Brand new, by the way. It was commissioned in 2018. I don't know much about the Suez Canal, and I'm I'm asking this seriously. Why is... Why is there sand there? Isn't aren't there? You know, when they built it, wasn't it just concrete blocks? Or, you know what I mean? No. Why is there a beach there for something as important to that? Why aren't they constantly uh, dredging so there so there's not sand? 
Isn't the well, Panama you, Canal, when you go through the Panama Canal, it, it, you have, there's concrete barriers there, correct? Yeah, but if you look at a schematic of the Suez Canal, it's, 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 how do I describe it? It's decked. Uh, closer to shore is not as deep as the middle, and the boat's got to stay in the middle. I don't know okay. what the answer is to the concrete. Uh, who knew? Maybe you can look that up for me if you could ever do some research on the show. Being a lifeguard in California can be very lucrative. Auditors well, it shouldn't be. In, in what manner, John? Well, listen. Certainly not financially. Oh, financially, yes. Op- oh. Uh, auditors at OpenTheBooks.com found that lifeguards in Los Angeles County, get this, seven lifeguards made more than $300,000 in 2019. What? And 82 lifeguards had total earnings that exceeded $200,000. Fernando Botois was the most highly paid, earned $391,971. As the acting chief lifeguard, he out-earned 1,000 of his peers. The second highest paid, Captain Daniel Douglas, pulled down $140,706 captain? in base pay. He's the captain. He also earned 131493 in overtime. Sure he did. Uh, total compensation amounted to $368,668. Uh, $368,668. Did I say that right? It sounded funny. 30, 31 lifeguards made between fifty grand and one hundred thirty-two grand in overtime during the year. Uh, as an example, Daniel Douglas, three hundred sixty-eight thousand in overtime, one hundred thirty-one thousand uh, in regular. So that's called a scam. Money. That's called. That's a scam. That's too much to pay for a lifeguard. Nobody better ever drowned. I'll tell right. you that. On the iTunes top twenty right now, eight of the entries are oldies. Why is this? Nobody knows. It includes Norman Greenbaum's Unintentionally Spiritual Spirit in the Sky from 1970, The Cranberry Zombie from 1994, Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. Uh, The late 70s hit already has a massive run on the charts last year after it went viral from that fan video, and Dreams just stays on the charts. It's now at number four on iTunes Top 20. There are four other Fleetwood Mac singles in the Top 100, uh, Brian Adams, Summer of 69, I, I don't know why, is also right now in the top 20. That was a hit back in 1984. Uh, the rest of the top 100 for iTunes littered with oldies, including past hit records by Bon Jovi, U2, Chicago, Simple Minds, Heart, and Tina Turner. Hmm. Is it a surge of nostalgia or an indictment of current music or just a lack of current artists with uh, music with artists and labels holding back new music until the pandemic is over. The experts uh, experts aren't sure. Uh, by the way, I teased this earlier. Right now, number one is Montero, Call Me By Your Name, by Lil Nas X. Got the devil feet. Yeah. <laughs> is this revival good or bad, in your opinion? Well, I don't hear much new music, so I, I shouldn't really speak. The stuff I hear, I find extremely lame and boring, but that might just be because I'm old. Who knows? The Cranberries. You answered a question I didn't ask. Is the trend in old music <laughs> playing now and being popular good or bad? Well, I think it's good. I think uh, it's quality music. Why not? I think it's better music than what is being put out by Little Nas. Yes. X. Little Nas X. Little Nas X. The only thing I've ever heard by Little Nas X uh, is the thing with Billy Ray Cyrus. So I, I can't comment on his music. October Road or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, whatever road, yeah. And you mentioned the uh, Cranberries. We lost that lead singer, didn't we? We did, yeah. Uh, Delo- she, uh, what was her name? Dolores Reardon. Reardon, yeah. yeah. She could sing. 
Uh, you may at some point need your proof of vaccination card to get somewhere, maybe a concert, a plane, whatever. Uh, well, some companies are working on uh, smartphone apps or other systems to create digital proof of vaccination. Right now, the paper CDC card is about all the proof you get, and that's why Staples and Office Depot want to help you keep your paper card in good condition. The two companies are offering free laminations of completed COVID-19 vaccination cards. A spokesman for Staples told CNN the service is available at all Staples locations in the U.S. The Office Depot is available at both Office Depot and Office Max locations. Pretty sure you so, can go to any UPS store and get it done, too. It's so it's a given that, that this is something else we'll, ha- we'll have to be carrying with us. Yeah, uh, for sure. I would have I, it laminated I, if I were you. I would guess for the next year at least you're going to have to. Probably going to have to wear it around your neck, Such, like at a work ID badge. Yeah. <laughs> like you have with your key? Yep. To get back in yep. to the home. A new book says aliens have kidnapped many humans for sex in the last 20 years. That's why they're bringing that ship Hell full yes. of stuff. Yeah. No wonder I'm not getting any sleep. Jeez. <laughs> Tied it all together, Kenny boy. The Sun reported that victims include a Briton taken by tall, blonde, sextraterrestrials of beautiful appearance and friendly demeanor. A total of 212 people have said they've been abducted since 2014, according to the report. Uh, The author of the book, Jerome Clark, it's called UFOs in the Late 20th Century, says a lot of recall close encounters of a sexual kind. He told Aussie Peter Corey, who met blonde beings back in Sydney, Australia in 1992, he was shocked to see two strange women kneeling on his bed, both being naked. The book goes on to disclose some raunchy details. A woman from Indianapolis claims aliens impregnated her aboard a ship, then returned months later for the fetus. Clark said the woman shared that they took her again and introduced her to her half-human, half-alien daughter. Uh, Clark, if you're wondering about How are you doing, Lisa? How are things, Ben? Are they treating you okay? <laughs> if you're wondering about Clark's background, he's an American writer who specializes in UFOs and other paranormal subjects. The 74-year-old has appeared on ABC News Special Report, Unsolved Mystery Sightings, and A&E's Network Discussing UFOs and Other Oddities. A 114-year-old... Is that a fantasy of anybody here on this podcast to be abducted and completely made Uh, to be submissive to to an alien? To quote Such, uh, I'd I'd rather read a book. Me too. (laughs) I never understood the attraction. I mean, you, you oh, think of an alien, what alien. You know, What are they going to bring to you? Yeah, those eyes are too big. I couldn't deal with the pressure of having those <laughs> eyes looking at me. They never And I don't like that they're on slinky-like springs. You yeah, know, yeah, that, okay, there's that too. <laughs> what are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> right. A 114-year-old theme park in Clementine, New Jersey, was sold at auction last week. The entire park. Clementine Amusement Park and Splash World was bought by an unnamed buyer for $2.37 million. Uh, It's been closed for some time, and it's somewhat historic, but the buyer is reportedly expected to reopen the park. Previously, NewJersey.com reported that Clementine Amusement Park and Splash World has almost 400 items on its inventory, including a 40-person arc swing, 360-degree loop ride. It was founded in 1907. The water park was added just a few years later. The amusement park closed in September of 2019. It had been assessed 4.25 mil. Joe, looking at the uh, pictures here, it looks like it's just you and me all of a sudden. Yeah. Where did everybody go? Everybody got up and left, apparently. They must have got uh, offended by the alien uh, sex story, huh? 
Well, well rookie's back. No, I actually liked it. So There's I, rook. I actually liked it, so I had to leave, leave for a while. Well, maybe that's why Kenny left, too. A British university lecturer is getting a $20,000 payout for unfair dismissal. Uh, he was fired. Uh, do you know why? Why? He aggressively used too many question marks in messages he sent out. Oh, no. Oh, that's reason for uh, dismissal? Dr. Benoit Sabnak was fired as the warden of a residence hall in Lauf Bureau University following complaints that his excessive punctuation created what was called an intimidating tone, according to the court ruling. Text messages to other staff included one saying, do you have to stay for dinner with four question marks? Another one saying, why don't you listen with seven question marks? The employment tribunal in Leicester ruled that Dr. Sobnak, who is still a physics lecturer at the university, was unfairly dismissed from his role, which he held for 18 years because the complaints against him were unproven and never fully investigated. That's question mark abuse. Reduced the planned payout amount by 25%, leaving him with $20,000 because his conduct contributed to his dismissal. Anybody get Red Savoy over the weekend? I did I not, but... two siblings who did and enjoyed it tremendously. There's four, There's there, there's a Red Savoy anywhere near you in the yep. metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. There's 16, and it is fantastic. It's the original soda-style pizza that was born in that saloon on East 7th Street back in 1965. The saloon? S-O-T-A. They like the crusher, will you? Saloon. The saloon. Saloon, yeah, with the thin crust and the wonderful toppings. Even the sausage is an original Red Schoenheider recipe, and that remains to this day. I so miss. I so miss that location, Joe. I so miss walking in there. To get the pizza to go, because we always got it to go. And it's a funky place, wasn't it? It was a funky place. However, what has transferred is the same great pizza taste. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's just fantastic. Well, because Red told Reed, don't, don't, uh, don't take any In chances Red's, with this right. recipe. Paul. I think he said something different, but I think okay. He said it like a guy who ran a saloon on East 7th Street. <laughs> yes. And right yes. now, there's a great offer from Red Savoy for loyal GLers. Go on the Red Savoy app uh, or online, order your pizza. Order the cheese bread with the sauce, and then at checkout, enter the uh, the word Joe. Oh. And then when you go to pick up the pizza, the price of the cheese bread will be removed from the bill because that's on Reds this month. That is on Reds. And uh, I finally figured it out. You can fig- If I can figure it out, you can figure <laughs> right. it out. It's Red Savoy. It's the best. They're, they're all over. They're all over the metropolitan area. I've got one not far from me. It's just fantastic. It's Red Savoy, original soda style since 1965. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for our friends at Harmony Spirits, located in beautiful Harmony, Minnesota. First of all, if you haven't tried the Barrel Strength Bourbon, you need to get yourself in touch with one of these bottles because it's the best bourbon I've ever had personally. But also they make a full line, vodka, gin, rum, all sorts of stuff is available for you uh, through our friends at Harmony Spirits. But please go into your local liquor store and ask for the Harmony brand by name. That's going to help their distribution and help continue to grow the brand of Harmony Spirits. But also, don't forget to sign up for that monthly newsletter. It's absolutely free. tells you about all the comings and goings of Harmony Spirits. And it also gets you the chance to win a free bottle of Harmony Spirits just by signing up for that monthly newsletter. Also, take a look at their Twitter account, at Harmony Spirits on Twitter, because they're going to start posting upcoming events and tastings but also if you're in the market and in the area stop in at that tasting room in harmony minnesota and please let jim and the crew know that you heard about them right here on the garage logic podcast 
He was only mildly concerned when Kenny told him his chest hurts. He's Joe Suchere. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mpumalanga, South Africa. It's on this date in uh, Minnesota history, and we're going to save the best for last. But did you know that on this day in 1980, Walter Dubner died? He was the inventor of the handled grocery bag. He died in St. Paul. He was the owner of the SS Kresge stores. St. Paul's first cash and carry, rather than delivery, grocery store. Dubner devised a bag with a string around the bottom that would enable shoppers to carry additional groceries to their destination. So we have Walter to thank for the grocery bags now that have that have handles on it, right? That's awesome. Somebody had to do it. But best, but best, on this day in 1928. Wait a minute, wait a minute. years ago. Let's give it the fanfare that it deserves, okay? Right. Here yep. we go. Get ready, Gielas. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It's time for This Day in History with Joe Souchere. My fingers are super tired from editing that. In 1928, on this day, St. Paul's new 2,000-watt radio station, KSTP, inaugurated its illustrious broadcasting career in the Northwest with a seven-hour program that offered a wide variety of entertainment. I was one of the first shows that was on throughout the (laughs) evening and and runs until 2 a.m. the following morning. With beginnings in local stations, WAMD, launched by Stanley E. Hubbard in 1923. Where all Minneapolis dances. Right. And KFOY, KSTP would increase its power to a potential 50,000 watts by 1935 and claimed to be the only high-fidelity, high-power radio transmitter in the West and the first U.S. station to broadcast all the way to Australia. That's uh, impressive. When when I was in uh, Yellowstone in 1999 in the dead of winter, KSTP came in like it was across the street. What's the story? You could hear that about um, Johnny snoring? Um, wasn't the story the government needed a, 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 a stick that would shoot west? Yeah, they asked Stanley, uh, could you help us out? The people in Montana and I don't, they don't have anything. So he yeah. aimed a signal west. Boom, there you go. Yeah, yeah. 93 years ago today, our, our flagship KSDP started. Isn't that amazing? Oh. Did you ever meet Grandpa, uh, yes. Joe? Did you know him at all? Yes, yes. Our old uh, our old engineer Norm Patsnick used to tell me stories about him, and uh, boy, it sounds like he was a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, Norm just loved him too. He was just uh, Grandpa was one of the guys, and I call him Grandpa because that's what our boss calls him. <laughs> the seventy six trombones was his request. Yeah, we played seventy six trombones to open sports talk. He called us up to his office and said, "I want you to use this from this old organ we had." And and so that's why we've always used that song. I don't think well, he told well, you directly. I think he said it might be a good idea. And I think you and Pat just caved we in. It out, yeah, didn't we? you, we you caved it. in. Right oh yeah, we love this. This is the best well, ever. I've got that story wrong. Then I thought that was him playing that no, organ. No. no. Oh, so it was his organ. Well, it was the stations. Yeah, they right. did a lot of music and, shows. And, uh, and where was it installed at? Do you know? I don't. I don't. You huh. thought, you, Kenny, you thought he was playing it for them? Guys, I come on down here. Let me listen was, to this. 
I always thought that the, that he was playing. The, yeah, the company. Yeah, and he was the playing it like this, organ. and he was smiling. And what do you think, boy? Is everything okay? God, <laughs> now I'm disappointed. Yeah, you're very nice. Hey, uh, so you went to the uh, river, you got in the lake, and now we have to fish you in, right? Thank uh, you, there's a lot, of, a lot of great stories about him. He used to have a police radio in his car. Uh, and he would show up at the scene of crime, at uh, the scenes of crime, and you damn well, uh, he better not have beaten you if you were a reporter to that scene. He also aired on TV, if I remember right, the first race, uh, car race on TV. He did a number of, of firsts. You did a lot of research, dude. Kenny. A lot oh, of research. Just stories I've heard over the years. Okay. Well, if you want to do your own research, check out PodMN on your smartphone. That has to do with all podcasts that are around. PodMN on your smartphone, PodMN.com on your computer. And if you're waiting for those tulips to pop up, you better rake that garden. Well, they've got all sorts of great garden supplies at Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Locations everywhere. Just check them out online and you'll be sitting pretty. All right, that's the Monday version, Garage Logic. We'll be back again for another one tomorrow. Bra. Cheers.